Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Welcome to Recovery Road. I'm your host, Merritt Hartley, and this is where we bring together the mental health, substance abuse, wellness, and self-care communities to discuss issues of the day. I'm very excited about this week's episode, but first, if you're new to listening to the show, you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. We're at Be The Voice Podcast Network at brandisenterprises.com backslash be hyphen the hyphen voice. You can also find my book, Lost Innocence, My Journey from Addiction to Recovery on amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle versions. So a little bit about tonight's guest. Uh, tonight we have uh, Cami Velci, and we're going to talk about her son, Emilio. Emilio passed away at the age of 19 on March 9th, 2020, just seven weeks uh, short of his uh, 20th birthday. Uh, something, some of the things that uh, Cami's told me about, uh, Emilio came into the world on April 27, 2000, uh, a perfect, healthy baby boy in every way. From the year three, he, he, from the three years old, his passion for sports, especially football, was evident. He could always be found throughout his youth carrying a football. He loved the Arizona Cardinals, and this love first started with quarterback Kurt Warner. He really admired his skill and the morals that Kurt Warner stood for. Soon after Kurt Warner's retirement, his favorite player became number 11, Larry Fitzgerald. Another sport he was passionate about was basketball. He played his freshman and sophomore year at his high school school. That stubbornness or strong will made him a great defender. He gave 100% and always played with that Emilio Flair. In the summer of 2019, he elevated his love for basketball by coaching and refereeing a youth league every Saturday in his community. Being a compassionate, loving, and caring and being, being allowed Emilio to have many loves in his life. He loved and enjoyed the ocean. He could swim quite well by three years old, a water baby that grew up to be a waterman. He loved nature and animals, and you could always find him taking care of or cuddling up to one of his pets. Emilio always made friends fast. He was easy to talk to, loyal, and always greeted his friends with a big hug. He considered his family his friends, his family. And he would come over three or four times a week to hang out. He always had a hug and a kiss on the cheek for me and always ended our visits or conversations with, I love you, mom. Emilio's tender heart was evident throughout his life. He was an empathetic soul designed to help others. He was funny as heck and his quick wit unstoppable. When he walked into a room, his untamable, beautiful spirit took your breath away. His smile and dark brown eyes captured hearts. His charming personality and gift of gab captivated many, yet his humility was sincere never allowing conceit to take residence in his heart. He was, forg- he was forgiving and slow to anger. 
He had an amazing work ethic. He acquired two jobs all on his own. He worked hard, took pride in his work, and did his best. He enjoyed staying busy and learning skills. Amelia recently decided to go back to school at a community college and was also considering joining the Air Force or Coast Guard with dreams of becoming a helicopter pilot. His death has shattered our family's hearts and has left a void that can never be filled. So, uh, Cami, welcome to Recovery Road. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. Yeah. So, and, and again, you know, I applaud you uh, for coming on and talking about Emilio. Uh, this has been quite a journey for me and uh, Recovery Road is a podcast. Um, it's been a couple of months now that I've uh, dedicated the podcast to uh, moms and dads and family members to come on and talk about their, their kids and their loss. And, and I have to commend you for finding the strength, you know, because mm. I know this can go either one of two ways. I've heard some tragic stories in the past mm. uh, month about some moms that uh, committed suicide because of this, where they just couldn't live without their kids. And, and, I, and I pray for them every day. But I also uh, applaud you for finding the strength to continue on in Emilio's name. So I, I talked a little about him, but why don't you tell us about Emilio, what kind of kid he was? Um, you know, he was so easy to raise. You know, I, he was the baby of the family. I have four sons. Um, Emilio was the baby. And of course, you know, we always tease that he was the toughest one because he had to, you know, take the wrestling and the teasing of his brothers and they would wrestle him and all of that. And he just was in it, you know, with them. Um, you know, so easy to raise. He was the one I least worried about. Um, you know, and, um, he had such a great group of friends. Um, I knew all the friends very well. Um, you know, his friends and him, the group that in California, because we did live in Hawaii for part of his youth. Um, they were great group of kids and I knew them well. I knew their parents. He played basketball with them. Um, he went, you know, to amusement parks with them. You know, we were a tight, uh, knit, uh, group of, uh, wow. kids and family and, and he played sports and it was, um, just such a shock that he would, you know, take a pill for anything. I didn't raise my children that way. You know, they always called me the hippy dippy mom because, <laughs> You know, I made my own teas. I rarely took them to the doctors unless it was something serious. Um, we just did an alternative, you know, way of combating the common cold. I mean, it, what they were super healthy. Right. Um, I rarely gave them any Advil or anything like that. And I was very strict on any type of using of illicit drugs. Wow. Um, let me ask you a question was, uh, I don't want to get too personal, but was there a father in the picture or, uh, um, we are divorced and okay. his dad, uh, lived overseas and, um, he had recently though, his father had recently come back to the United States, I think in 2019 and, and, um, lived in Arizona. Okay. So not too far from us, but, you know, he did, uh, have contact with his father and they spoke almost every day. So, um, he wasn't physically here, but, you know, Emilio knew he was very loved. So tell me, cause, uh, in the bio you sent me, I, I'm trying to find, figure out, did, were there any signs from you at all that Emilio was struggling with things that he couldn't talk about, or did just come completely out of the blue? Yeah. You know, so of course you find out maybe later on, but it was nothing really serious. 
um, right after high school, I would say maybe right before high school, of course, he started being a little bit rebellious and um, going out and, you know, drinking with his friends and, you know, getting into a little bit of trouble like that. I mean, nothing big, you know, right. nothing that I would ever say, oh, my goodness, my son has a problem. Um, after high school, he did uh, take a few classes at the community college. And um, then I could see he was starting to do the college partying. Sure. Because That's normal for most home. kids. Right. Right. You know, and I, and I believe he smoked pot at times. Um, you know, he told me he tried some, you know, marijuana and all of that. Um, and he was, there was about eight months there. He was hanging out and going out a lot. And we had some words and he wasn't following my rules. Um, and he was like, you know, I'm an adult. I'm, you know, 18 or 19 or, sure. and I'm going out with my friends. And so I said, well, you've got to do some chores. You've got to, you know, hold a job. And, and, um, yeah. and he got fired from a couple of his jobs because he wouldn't show up. And, wow, wow. and you know, and so I, and it was, you know, working at a, like a, a, a serving at a restaurant and, and it wasn't like for any, I just don't like the people there or something. And so it got, he lost his second job and he wasn't sure if he was going to go back to college for that semester in the fall of 2019. And, you know, some of my rules weren't being followed and they said, you need to leave. Sure. And I kicked him out. And of course, now I feel so guilty, but I kicked him out. He went to live with his brother, of course, and right up the street from me. So right. he wasn't far. <laughs> and within three days, he got two jobs, you know, and was doing fantastic. And, you know, we made up and you know, he was a little mad at me, but we made up and I was just like, dude, you are doing fantastic. He goes, yeah, I know, mom, you know, and we became even closer than when he was living with me, you know, right. because it wasn't that, you know, uh, arguments or, you know, you have to do things my way. He grew up, um, doing great, making good money. And, um, you know, it was like, I want to save lives. Mom. That was his thing. I want to save lives. I want to become a helicopter pilot. Wow. And I want to work for the forestry wow. at some point and, you know, with the fire department and, um, how do I do that? And I said, you know, it sounds like the Coast Guard or the Air Force would be your best bet. So we were talking about that and doing that. In that time, he was having wisdom teeth pain. Uh, and he would text me, you know, after he got up for work at 11 o'clock at night. And I'd be like, Emilio, I'm sleeping. He goes, but my teeth hurt. Never thinking in my brain, Emilio, take an Advil. I just said, okay, let's, your insurance is going to kick in. I was going to have no insurance. Um, on Monday, March 9th, I said, let's make the appointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, months of this goes on. He doesn't, it comes and goes. It was in, intermittent. And um, so he had texted me, I think the week before, and he's like, okay. And I said, hey, you know what? New insurance happening on Monday, March 9th. Can you hold off, you know, for a little while? And he said, oh, yeah, you know, it's not always happening. And I said, OK, we're going to, um, you know, we could probably get a better doctor, better surgeon for you or sure. oral surgeon for you. And he's like, OK, I saw him on Friday. 
we had fun, you know, we were laughing, hanging out. He spent the night, like three nights that week. He was coming home a lot that week. And, um, and I looked at him and I said, so you thinking of, you want to move back in? And I, cause he lived up on a hill and he has a gas was expensive. Uh-huh. And uh, he's like, you're going to let me pop a brewski. <laughs> no, you're not 21, Emilio. You can't drink in my house, you know? And then I thought about it, you know? And then I was just like, maybe if I said you got to sit on the deck, but I was like, no, you know, I have rules, you know? And um, so he started laughing. He's like, I'm just joking. And then he left and he's like, okay, so I'll, you know, see you over the weekend maybe or something. And then I never saw him again. He, um, Sunday night, him and his brother drove, you know, they were driving home and he said, Hey, you know, I, I need, you know, something for my teeth. And, and his brother said, well, okay, we can go to the store or something. He goes, no, I, this, you know, person I know has Percocet. Oh, shit. And I'm sorry. yeah. And his brother was like, okay. And so they stopped at the place where they met and um, the kid, you know, so we found out the kid had been like talking to him all week and you know he's young he's the youngest one at the at the restaurant of course and Emilio you know if you keep having complaining about your toothache I got this great stuff and finally Emilio that night said okay you know and he told his brother it's gonna help me relax it's going to help me sleep because I haven't slept in two days. I've been working two jobs. Dad's been in town. You know, we've been going, going, going. And, you know, his brother said, that's stupid. Well, they went home, they played video games. They also, my oldest, my middle and Emilio all lived together. And then they had another roommate. They have the, they rented a big house. And um, Emilio, at some point, nobody saw him take it. But at some point took one of the M30s and he played video games. And then like he always does every single night, he barely makes it to his bed. He falls asleep on the couch playing video games. He does that all the time at my house, you know, and um, he his brothers went to bed and, um, you know, he was gonna watch a movie or play more video games and he never woke up and they found him in the morning now and, uh the kid that he got the percocets from was this kid a dealer yes however of course my son being 19 and this kid being 23 my son didn't really know who he was he was the dishwasher at a restaurant and nobody knew anything about this kid until the arrest was made. So he was arrested? Yes. And how did that come about? Um, you know, the police department in our area, um, I knew them and they knew my son. And, you know, my son played basketball and he was very well liked in our community. Everybody knew him. Um, and uh, they just, I, I think, I, I don't know everything because I think I've blocked some things out. I wasn't there. Um, so they looked at it as like, why would Emilio pass away? You know, his brothers had no clue. They thought maybe he had a heart attack or he drank something and mixed something like, 
you know, cause everybody was sleeping, nobody knew. And um, so I think that they saw the pills. I think my son gave them eventually the pills and they knew. So they started looking at it as a potential, you know, maybe homicide. I don't, I don't know for sure, right. um, but our district attorney, the next thing I know, several months later, the district attorney um, or a month later, maybe uh, contacted me and I had a meeting with him. And he said, we are slapping a second degree murder charge. We are making an arrest. Good. And they did. Good, good. You know, uh, I've heard so many stories, Cami, uh, over the last several months about, you know, well, there's so many issues, I think. First of all, uh, there should be health care available whether you have insurance or not. Correct. I mean, you know, the fact is of that if there had been a clinic that Emilio could have gone to right at that moment to get right. the proper care that he needed, this not what, you know, maybe this wouldn't have happened. So right. that's, that's the one issue that I have. And I actually, I uh, was talking with uh, my attorney today. One of the things that I'm going to work on next is I'm going to start a foundation and, oh. the fa and the foundation would be, you know, uh, helping families, saving lives. And I think that, you know, this has to be a grassroots on a community basis where nobody should be turned away. You know, I, I, you know, I work as a substance abuse counselor, as a social yeah. worker, and the biggest fight that we fight is trying to get people covered for insurance, for drug addiction treatment, and how many people die because they never get insurance coverage. They can't get into an inpatient. They can't get detox. They can't. So that's a huge, huge uh problem that I want to continue to fight. So I, I, you know, I apologize for that fact that Emilio didn't have that offered to him because he had to wait so long. And the problem now is that, uh, you know, if you don't get the pill from the doctor, you can't take it. Correct. You can't. And, you know, and that's been my message in, you know, in our town, because we're seeing a lot of fentanyl, you know, and, um, and these M30s. And that has been my message uh, with, you know, the high school students, I'm trying to set up something with uh, the school for this semester coming oh, up, school great. is just starting. Great. So I have had a meeting with this principal and the community resource officer, as well as I've spoken to the officer that is on the investigation team for my son's case. Right. And they are, very eager to work with me and um, in some capacity and start some programs here. And, and so that's been, you know, my goal. I started um, a foundation also a project. Good for you. Good for you. Yes. And, and it's just locally here right now. Um, you know, sometimes it, in my grief and I'm just one person, it's how do I affect you know, our community and make change and create awareness. And, and of course, I've met so many fantastic parents that are helping me, you know, April, and, you know, I got the pleasure of meeting them, I think it was in October of 2020, we went to a meeting in Ohio, and oh, yeah, I, got, I heard about that. Yes, yes, I and we spoke to the drug czar there, um, that was under President Trump at that time. And uh, it was just because I thought I was the only one I, you know, I've never heard of this. I mean, when my, for two weeks, I could not hear how my son passed away. I covered my ears yeah. and screamed. Yeah. And when my, somebody texted me and said, I didn't know Emilio used drugs. 
um, you know, it was someone very close, a family member and said, how can this be? And I said, what? And I started screaming and I ran outside. My son was washing his car and I said, how did I miss this? How did I not know? And they said, what do you say, mom? I go, you didn't tell you, you and your brothers didn't tell me Emilio was a drug, you know, was using. But he and, wasn't, but he wasn't. That's no, and, and I said, you know, why couldn't I, you know, we didn't get him help and I missed this and, oh my God. you know, and they said, mom, he wasn't using. And I said, then what happened? He said, he took one pill. One pill kills. And I said, BS. I started screaming. I said, you're lying to me. I said, nobody dies from one pill. And they said, yes, if it's fentanyl. And I said, what is fentanyl? Heroin? Oh you know? And that was my response. Wow. You know, it's crazy. Uh, in the last week, uh, in fact, out here in Long Island in the last week, 10 kids died from fentanyl-laced cocaine. And then the week before that, I knew of about 10 cases of kids that died from fentanyl-laced marijuana. And now fentanyl is being injected into gummy bears. I mean, nothing is safe. <laughs> yeah, nothing is safe at all. So, um, this is a this is a real tragedy, you know. I, I'm really looking forward to meeting you in Washington in a couple of weeks, and you know, I have about maybe six or seven minutes of my time to speak, but I'm going to shout loud because clearly there's a problem here. Close to 300 kids are dying a day. There's hundreds of factories in China reprocessing the fentanyl. It's coming across the borders through Mexico, and our government's not doing one damn thing about it. No, it's, they're not. And it's truly sad. It is devastating to see these numbers every day. Every day I, you know, pull it up on Facebook or on the news or something, you know, and seeing these numbers are tragic and it should not, you know, I, you know, I am not a political person. My son was 19. He hadn't even chosen a political party. Right. It is not a political issue. It is not a socioeconomic issue. It's not, it should not matter. Our government should be protecting our kids and our loved ones and doing something about it and not allowing this to come into our country. And I am mad. I am angry. You know, some days I just feel like giving up. I'm like, how are we going to solve this? How are we going to end this? And then I get mad. And then I start, Good. you know. Good. Yeah. I, can t I can tell you something that uh, I know you don't want to hear this, that everything happens for a reason. But uh, I remember my first guest on was Amanda Faith, who lost her son, Luca, mm. who's only 12 years old. And I said, do you remember the movie Pay It Forward with Haley yes. Joe Osment? So in the name of all the children, of Emilio and all the kids, we're going to fight this battle. But I think the way we win, uh, Carmen, Cami is we have to have, it all begins with a village. It all starts with the communities, what you're doing. Are you familiar with uh, Songs for Charlie, that program that those parents, you know, involved, you know, going, rolling out to the schools? Yes, I do. And they have such a, you know, I just recently started looking at that and yeah. was going to um, get in touch with Ed. I know Ed. Oh, and great. His wife. I met them in October at that meeting. Okay. And, you know, it, it's a weird thing. Um, Ed's, one of Ed's and, and Mary's best friends is a friend of our family's. Really? And so he knew, he came over to the house when Emilio passed away. And then of course, broke news to us, you know, six or eight weeks after seeing a good friend of his, uh, uh, you know, family friend, son, 
passed away. And so I, you know, do know uh, huh. Ed and Mary. Yeah, it's 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 so tragic, but they're doing incredible. Things. I know they are. And I think it's going to come like that. It's going to be grassroots organizations, parents fighting. You know, um, one of the moms I had on, I can't remember her name at the moment. She had a great suggestion. All these troops coming back from Afghanistan. Why don't we put them on the borders and just shut down the borders? Exactly. I don't understand why we're not doing that. I mean, I don't want to get into the politics, which we will get into in Washington. Yes. Because this government knows where the fentanyl is coming from. You know, they know the cartels are bringing it in through Mexico. Somebody's making a lot of money. And are you trying to tell me that deaths of these kids? You know, the scary thing is, is Cammy's at, uh, if we, if this country ever had to start a draft again, there'd be no kids to draft because they're all dead. Right. And this is what's happening. I mean, our military age children, my son, it was brilliant. He wanted to fly helicopters. There's one, you know, gone. And it, it, it's in, in the, and our, you know, future change makers, you know, that are going to go into politics that are going to go into, you know, work in our economy, work in making this country great. Right. Our, we're losing them. Yeah, and I and again, I, I try not to get into the politics, but clearly this is calculated by somebody. You know, I, I you know, China, it's a calculated assassination attempt. You know, because they know what's happening. They're taking us out. They, I think China owns more of this country than we own. So I'm not really sure why the government's not doing anything. But I guess we're going to fight that battle for a long time. But I have to tell you, I really commend you for your strength and courage, I mean, to carry on, you know, how are your other kids been dealing with this? You know, and that's, that's the thing that, you know, I, it's hard, it's hard as a mother. I mean, I lost my son and it's the worst pain, you know, there's no words to describe the pain, you know, in our vocabulary. Um, and the only way I get through is my faith in God and Jesus Good. Christ, okay. my, but to watch also, it's another suffering to watch my kids just be so sad without their brother, you know, um, it, you know, they just, we're getting, you know, they need counseling. Yes. And, and I hope um, you're going to get them the counseling. That yes. They need. And, uh, you know, I mean, two of them found their brother and oh. started CPR and, uh, and it, it's just horrifically tragic you know and of course that's another guilt I feel you know at times that I wasn't the one you know and but, but you didn't you know what I, I um you shouldn't feel guilty you did an amazing job as a mom you know you rose you the fact is that you played hardball and forced him to leave the house that's what he needed to, for a wake-up call so I'm sure he loved you for what you did I'm sure mm -hmm. he did love you for giving him that impetus to want to you know pick up his his pants and to be a man you know, um, I just think that, um, you know, I've, I've connected a lot just for you to know, uh, as a trauma specialist, I work with trauma specialists all over the country. If you need somebody, uh, a trauma specialist, you can, you know, offline, you can let me know and I can put you in touch with a trauma specialist because I'm doing that now with some moms, um, around the country. Do you know, um, Angela Covington and Tanya down in, uh, Nashville. Do you know those guys? No, because no. what I did was I spoke with them and um, they've actually started a, uh, a weekly Zoom group for moms to come together. So I could put you in touch with them if you're looking for some additional support. 
I would love that. I, I will would, do. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, offline, what I'll do is I will send some uh, messages out and make sure they connect with you so that they can get, you know, give you the support, the extra support you need. Um, yeah, that would be wonderful. Thank you so much. I think the good thing you told me was that, you know, I've heard a lot of stories, uh, Cami, where uh, law enforcement wasn't so kind to a lot of these parents. Law enforcement really, you know, I've heard some horror stories about, well, just another junkie off the street. You know, right. why bother? But it sounds like in your area, law enforcement was a lot more uh, empathetic, a lot more understanding. Yes, and they, they have been. And, you know, we live in a small town, a, you know, in California, and, and they've been fantastic. And they have been so open and eager to, you know, do their jobs and, and look at these as homicide cases. And, you know, the people that I have met that have passed away here due to fentanyl, I just tell them, you know, call me, I'm here. I, you know, I don't know, I, I'll do whatever I can to help you, you know, get in contact with the right people. And, um, but so far it's been really good how they have been handling all of this. And, I'll tell and you, yeah. you know, our district attorney, I'm sorry, no, go ahead. our district yeah. attorney, um, is you know one of the leaders of California to um, prosecute on a state level, Good. Um, uh, and wow. because we don't, California does not have a drug-induced homicide law. No, in fact, uh, I know. Have you been in touch with Amanda Faith at all? Because it was her son Luca. Do you know Amanda? Have you spoken? Yes. To her? So we have been texting, and um, I know her. Um, if in her county too, they are prosecuting, they which are. is you know fantastic because. It, you know, we have, we don't have any of these laws. And I know um, Matt Capilouto was um, right. fighting for Alexandra's law and um, that did not get off of the safety, um, the Senate safety committee on that floor. I was there that day and um, it did not get voted in. So, um, you know, I am so proud of these attor district attorneys that are, going forward with the second degree murder charges yeah. and, and looking at it as a homicide. Yeah, and it should be. I've always said they're weapons of mass murder. So my thing is that my biggest problem is that I have been getting so much pushback from media. Have you spoken to any local media there that are willing to sit down with you and tell your story? Yes, I have. So um, I, you know, last year I decided, you know, the empty chair campaign, I'm taking it to the streets because I live in the country. Nobody's coming by my house. So <laughs> I took it out to the streets along with another mom to um, our town on two days. And we had media coverage. Um, uh, another parent came up and helped us with that. Um, I've been on the radio, a couple of radio great, talk shows, and then we had a big fundraiser. We do an evening, our first annual evening of Aloha, um, because I'm originally from Hawaii, born and raised in Hawaii. Um, we did an evening of Aloha and we raised um, money. Um, the DA came and spoke at it. Um, I had uh, Amy Neville come up and speak. Nice, um, nice. at our fundraiser and we raised uh, money for scholarships, um, basketball uniforms um, where my son worked as a referee and coach and then um, creating curriculums for the, the schools. You know, I'm actually going to a fundraiser uh, in September here in Long Island. Uh, a group of uh, women moms got together and they've actually started a, 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 a group now that pays for the funerals of the parents who can't afford to bury their kids. Oh, wow. 
That is amazing. Yeah. So wow, that just touches my heart because it's expensive. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you, why would I ever plan for something like that? You know, nobody does. Nobody no, does. nobody does. Oh, God bless them. That it's amazing. Yeah. So tell me, um, what kind of message can you send out to the people listening to the show tonight? What do you want to say? You know, I want to say the fentanyl changes everything. You know, this wasn't around. Of course, this has been a big paradigm shift and it wasn't around years ago. Um, I believe it, you know, it seems like it came in to really start coming in in 2013. Um, so before that, I, I don't know much about the drug culture, but I know there was a huge paradigm shift around that time. And then, you know, it just blasted in through on the West Coast. And if it's not coming, you know, these are not pills laced. These are pure pills that are counterfeit made to look like a prescription drug. And, um, you know, we call them Fenta pills. They're, they're not anything. They're not a prescription pill. And if your children are not getting it from the doctor of prescription, it is one pill, one kill, right. it, it, stay away you know, do not take it. And, and it's not only it's laced in marijuana, it's laced in heroin. It's, I, you know, I hear about it, like you said, in the gummy bears and in mar uh, cannabis, yeah. it, it, it's, it's horrible. It's yeah. horrible what's happening. And no drug is safe. You're playing Russian roulette, you know, you have better odds at Russian roulette, you know, right. Yeah. Uh, but what is it? One out of four, one out of three pills out there now. I don't know. There's a story that broke here uh, a couple of days ago. Some police officer, I guess they, oh. they made a stop and, you know, there was fentanyl, I think in the trunk of the car and they opened it up. And then the police officer, just from the smell of it, they had to Narcan him back like four times, you know? So this is dangerous, dangerous stuff. Um, I, I can't thank you enough, Cammy. I applaud you uh, for everything that you're doing. If you ever need uh, any support from me, if you need a speaker to come somewhere, anywhere at any time, I'll be That's there. Awesome. I'll be there for you for sure. And uh, Thank you. I look forward to seeing you in Washington on the 27th. That's I look forward to that too, to meeting you in person. And, you know, thank you for what you're doing. It is just, you know, it just overwhelms my heart with your work and um, helping you know, so many, so, so many. Um, I, I just thank you. I am yeah, so grateful. I, I'm grateful too. You know, I, I like you, I have a strong belief in, uh, in God and I'm very spiritual. So I believe we've been all brought together. So we're family now, you know, we're family yeah. now and we're going to fight this thing uh, for as long as it takes. So yeah. thank yeah. And you know what? I'd like to maybe have you back on maybe at some point in time, I'm going to try to bring some moms together to talk about their collective experience. And I'd love to have you back on at some point in time, if that's okay with you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. I would love that. All right, guys. So again, uh, uh, remember my book, uh, Lost Innocence, uh, my journey from addiction to recovery is on amazon.com and both Kindle and paperback versions. And remember, if you want something you've never had, do something you've never done. Carpe diem. God bless.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.